You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, I'm really excited to talk to Craig Randall, a writer-poet nearby uh, Corvallis, uh, Oregon. I'm in Albany, Oregon, uh, Corvallis, known as the the main location of the campus of uh, Oregon State uh, University. And uh, uh, just just to let you know, um, Craig uh, writes uh, poetry. He's got book series has started the the doom that came to astoria um mm-hmm. uh and uh i've read the most recent um collection of poetry among the wildflowers and uh we're going to be talking about writing we're going to be talking about art and we're going to be talking about uh mental health uh overcoming and uh growth and change uh craig randall uh thanks so much for coming to something rather than nothing Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ken. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I can't. I mean, I, again, just couldn't be more pumped to be able to really just talk about art with a fellow yeah. enthusiast. <laughs> it's just, I mean, how fun it is to just nerd out and then uh, and then to get to talk about you know the books, but really where they came from and and uh, what my hope is that they become or that they are to others. So. I love that word, uh, Craig, hope, um, because mm-hmm. my recent experience is just uh, there's tons going on. Uh, my firm belief that the world is completely transforming and will not resemble uh, in, oh, yeah. in near time what it did uh, before. And amongst this, um, there's something just uh, there's something uh, uh, beautiful about writing and beautiful about poetry, particularly um, uh, as 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 it presented um i was reading among the wildflowers and um mm-hmm. the 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 beauty of of, of thinking about um uh, flowers and, and and growth and and within this volume uh for everybody to understand there's a deep deep reckoning of transformation of um mm. what has come before into something that that is new um Craig, uh, yeah. back be behind this whole thing, back behind uh, you doing art, it's 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 so closely connected to healing and mental oh, health. Yeah. So that that's right there. Tell us tell us about where the writing comes from. Yeah, from, from you. Well, the there's kind of a long, not long way, like time wise to look at it, but like the longer trajectory of it, um, and then there's kind of the more immediate. A kind of exigence or story behind it but the big picture is um i didn't realize it until i was probably 27 uh, i'm 37 now but i've struggled with anxiety and depression my whole life but it was never talked about so i had no idea like there was no language right there was no as we were talking about expression even before we jumped on the show right like sure sure it was never expressed to me culturally uh, in my home which was not to the fault of my home Right. It just right, wasn't right. normal. Yeah. Uh, uh, people who went, went out, you know, when we were growing up, people who went to therapy were cuckoo and like it was. Oh, very yeah. Frowned. Yeah. It was it was it was the biggest stigma in the world, which yeah. I think that's changing. Yeah. Um, not probably as fast as it needs to be. Right. Um, but so that I mean, that's the short end of it. When I and I got married uh, when I was younger and then uh, my but I was 27, though, and my oldest child was born. And, um, all of a sudden, even like, you know, I'd wake up super depressed, but I just thought that was normal. Uh, when I got married, um, and then like my wife, I don't know, we found a way to kind of work around it basically. But then all of a sudden I had a child and I was like, oh, I'm not here, but I need to be here for this other human. So that really just skyrocketed me into this like 10 year journey now of healing. And I really started tackling things. I, um, started going to therapy for the first time. I just wanted to put the pieces together. The, yeah. the funny thing was it wasn't really for me. And when it started, it was really for them. <laughs> right. Um, which I think there's a lot there even to unpack of why wasn't I willing to do it for myself? Yes. Why wasn't I yes. willing to do it for my own yeah. experience? Uh, it just wasn't on the radar, but the more immediate where these books came from. Um, so I started taking anxiety meds about seven years ago. 
Um, and it was revolutionary. It was life changing. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever taken them, but for anybody that has. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, 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 I've received much, much help. Uh, with it's amazing. Meditation. Yeah. And like, there's always like, there's always a couple day buffer when you have to adjust to them. Right. Which is just like when you're just jittery and you just pounded like 20 cups of coffee and the world is ending, but then all of a sudden you come out the other side. And I remember thinking like, is this what other people feel all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And that was like, right. the yeah, yeah. Contrast. Um, I mean, fast forward, I, you know, a couple of years later, I, um, I was just devouring, you know, books about the brain and healing and spiritual things to uh, medical things, everything I could. And I've, I'm an English teacher by trade. And um, so I've always loved stories and, and, and whatnot. But I came to a point where I felt like I was doing really well. And for whatever reason, I had this maybe stigma in my head still that like, you're not going to be healed or normal until you're off the meds. Um, which I think that's an entire different conversation, right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, of course. That, so I tried to go off of them and it just crashed. I tanked into the darker, into, in, into a place that I had never been before in terms of anger and dark, like it just ripped open every wound at once. Uh, it was crazy. Um, in, in the months of recovering from that, I was meeting with a psychologist to kind of put the rails back together. Right. It's like I had my. Right. My negative thought patterns that my had developed my whole life about the yeah. world, about myself, but I had built this like other pathway of hope and like, oh, things can work, things are okay. Yeah. And then when I went off the meds, it just snapped. Um, but I had this idea that I could a quick, I, I, a quick, quick rebound over to the other side was, of energy. Or something. It was nuts, yeah. right? And then, yeah. I, but, but I had this. What I think where where a lot of people maybe who haven't had a chance to build a more positive frame. I had experienced it. So I knew it was possible. So I just yeah. went, I went to work and I went to town to rebuild that road. In the midst of that, a psychologist was like, well, you like reading and writing. Why don't you try some writing? They, you know, in hindsight, I showed up a month later at our next session with chapter one of the doom that came to Astoria. And the right. first 20 poems of to chase the sun. And they were like, Oh, yeah. I've been like journaling, but it was just how I processed it. I like the doom series is literally about a character who's who's just you know analogous to me and I, I put myself in this fictional world that has some sensational elements you know to kind of because i just needed to know like i needed to know if i could hope and and and, and experience like that again but even yeah. bigger than that like i was teaching hero journey stuff in my to my students and the more i was teaching about the hero journey when i had crashed the more i realized I don't believe this is for me. I don't, and it was like, there's this ingrained, I didn't, at that point, it was almost like, I don't, this, this map doesn't fit my experience. It's a story for other people or something. Exactly. Right. So you talk about like representation in media and in the world. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I just had to know, like, can I still be a hero if I struggle? Can I still be a hero if I don't? And I'm not talking about like the end of a book where the, where the, yeah. the yeah. I'm talking about the whole dang thing. Right. I just, yeah. So doom was really born out of that. It was like this weird horror suspense story and it totally, the whole structure of it changed. I wanted to know what a hero journey could look like for someone like me. Um, and it's interesting because uh, any, any negative feedback from doom is, is generally somebody that's, I think, misunderstanding that. Because in like Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, you know, in the first third of, uh, of any hero journey, that's when the hero is like, has an opportunity and rejects it and then turns and starts their hero journey, like right from the beginning. But in Charlie's journey, that, that, that really doesn't happen until like the beginning of book three. Sure. So then the challenge became, how do you still make that engaging? How do you... <laughs> How does, you know, I don't know, it's it to me, it's, 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 it's been a really interesting study that's led me to a lot of healing, but, and then the poetry books are literally just autobiographical. Uh, it's just me writing to understand the moments in the journey. Um, so like to chase the sun is about finding hope. And then among the wildflowers that just came out is about, you know, how do we cultivate it once we've experienced it? What does it look like to maintain it? What does it look like to, 
because um, I think that's something that I always misunderstood growing up too. Like I just thought hope was something you experienced or you didn't. It didn't occur to me that it's something we could generate, galvanize the the generation of 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 hope, which I think we need right now more than ever. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Um, there, there's there's so much uh, I connect to, and I, I wanted to say uh, particularly about among. Uh, the wildflowers. Yeah. Um, I uh, what's been really cool uh, on the show on the podcast is uh, I talk to a lot of creators, and I believe that the ground that's been cut for something rather than nothing um, mm-hmm. o- opens up a ton. And and recently, and and I find it mm-hmm. fascinating for me when. Uh, themes and trends start to emerge within within the show, and it could be just organizing and connecting with people. And poets know other poets, and actors yeah. know other actors. But there's been the development of a, of a couple pieces just recently. Um, of poetry's already always been part of uh, the podcast. As a matter of fact, within the first ten episodes, I had uh, uh, two poets, uh, Bunkang uh, Tuan. Uh, mm-hmm. A good good friend of mine and um, uh, Joanna Valenti, a uh, similar last name to mine. But I've had poets on throughout. And recently I've had more poets, which allows me to go back into one component of my identity at different parts of my life as yeah. being connected to poetry and that power. I want to tell you something about Among the Wildflowers. Yeah. And it comes from the way I view it. Um I have a, a a background in 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 training in practice uh, uneven over my life uh, for the mm-hmm. last 20, 25 years in Taoism, uh, uh, Buddhism, mm-hmm. med- meditation, uh, mindfulness. These poems are, and you explain it right at the beginning, are are are, are short uh, haiku, a capturing mm-hmm. of 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 uh, a spare amount of words. Uh, mm-hmm. Which poetry does to to hold images, and I can tell you one thing: mm-hmm. these are healing words mm. that that are that are that are ex- that are so accessible. And even on the the idea that there there can be too many words, if my head's all bleh, like yeah, like like I don't necessarily I don't want to read you know Paradise Lost and understand the <laughs> cosmos. I want to understand, like, I want to understand putting the seed in the ground. And so I just wanted to tell you that in in the idea of crystallizing idea and word and art as a healing piece, the the that's what that's what these are. And I think th- they're mm-hmm. significant um, in that way. And I would say that to, to 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 anyone. I think they're particularly important in that way. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think that's. And again, the, like the intriguing thing about that, this book is like mostly haiku and the next ones, there's even the next ones, there's going to be a third one and it's, it's longer. There's a lot more and it's more haiku, but there's also a lot more longer ones. First one's like an interesting mix. But when I started realizing when I was read when I started writing the first, what well, became the first one, I, I started writing all of it without the intention or knowledge that it would publish like sure, it's just sure. really all of it that's what it's the interesting part of the process too right all of this was just writing for me it was it's all tied directly to my healing and then i shared it with some friends and they were like other people need to read this or have the chance to experience this and i was like oh yeah that's been the thrilling part right is like yeah sure my own journey can therefore other people can see it in it right because there's similarities and um but when I was writing, I was teaching poetry at the, in a different class when I was writing um, a lot of the things that went into To Chase the Sun, the first one. And it was interesting because uh, I explained in the introduction of that one, I would start having a panic attack because it was you know so newly off the meds. And I'd read this book about the brain that talked about, you know, trying to harness your thought pattern. And writing can be a good way to do that. So as soon as you start having a panic attack, if you just sit down and start writing out and kind of grounding yourself in how you feel, it can go away sometimes. So I started doing that. I would have, I started having a panic attack and I just grab my phone and start writing exactly how I felt. And then the nerd in me would go back to it later and be like, oh, there's almost a rhythm here. <laughs> kind of fun. And then I would like re- rearrange it. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. oh, this is cool. That actually sounds cool. It's just super depressing. Uh, right, because it was not the panic attack, which none of those are in the book. 
with intention. Yeah, that's um, just a process stuff. <laughs> exactly. And that's where it started, right? And then I'm sitting here teaching poetry to like ninth graders and having a blast. And we're talking about the tone shifts and the turns and kind of where things resolve. And it started striking me as I was reading this book about the brain. I was like, wait, why don't I start with how I'm feeling, but end it with where I want to, where I want to be. Yeah. And like use that kind of poetic shift and, and tonal uh, adjustment to kind of, and then the beautiful thing was when I would write that, it would take me there. And then all of a sudden I would go from about to have a panic attack to more peace than I'd experienced in the whole week before. And it was just brilliant. Like it was like, oh my gosh. And then where the haiku came from was how do I get there faster? Yeah. And also I was writing the doom that came to a story and my wife kept making fun of me because she's like, Hey, this is a great 10 pages. Now make it two. So I was trying to practice. <laughs> yeah. I was literally, I was like, Oh, I'm going to start writing haiku so I can practice compressing ideas. I mean, it literally it was, great. it started out as like a tactical great idea. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. It was like a tactical exercise. Um, but then they became like, and they're not necessarily even traditional haiku because most of the ones in this book, I almost try to connect two ideas the first first five syllables and half the second line, and then it shifts right at the middle, finishes that second line, and then so there's almost my the hope is to create this like juxtapose and in, in a lot of it with the flow, uh, and again just messing around, having fun with the ideas, but um, yeah, I yeah. Uh, yeah, and and thanks thanks for talking about it too. Um, we're gonna jump into we're gonna bang out a couple art questions in a minute. But one oh, yeah. thing I wanted to, one thing I wanted to tell you, um, because I heard in you talking, um, you know, the realizations that we can uh, discover, and um, mm -hmm. hearing you talk about your experience, I um, uh, have some strong parallels. I'm I'm 50 years old, and mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, a lot of consideration around mental health. Uh, yeah. for, 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 for males, uh, mm -hmm. in a gender dichotomous, uh, world, uh, I've, yeah. I, I grew up in now I tell you, I, I want to tell you one little piece here that, that mm -hmm. I think you'll find really interesting, um, that I always remembered as it was a way almost to diagnose and see what was happening in my head. And it's related yeah. to mindfulness and chaos. So when I started meditating, I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was a graduate student in philosophy at Marquette University. Uh, oh. uh, the Jesuits gave me a scholarship to study uh, <laughs> philosophy That's at Marquette. Awesome. And, and uh, so I'm from Rhode Island. I make my way uh, out that way in my um, mid-20s. Mid and um, I, uh, one, of the, the, one of the first courses I took uh, as a graduate student was um, Buddhism. So I was taking uh, Plato, Aristotle, something yeah. else. No, and Buddhism was the was maybe the third graduate course at the time. Uh, learned some meditation techniques, but check this out. What I noticed that um, I'd be at the meditation temple, and when I first went into meditation, I'm saying, "There's no fucking way I can do this." Like my head is like <laughs> my, my head is like you know those like World War Three scenarios, war games, yeah, scenarios, yeah. like shit blowing up. I'm like, yeah, but. Within that type of activity, mm -hmm. I believe I have a key to unlock. My mind can go from that. And with basic meditation techniques, I can achieve and get into a state that would astound others. I described it like there's no fucking way you can do it, Ken. Like yeah. in their head because like your, your head's always banging, going nuts. So check this out. I, I go into meditation. I noticed a trend that started to happen. I received some sort of difference or or levelness totally. and i'd leave that spot in milwaukee and i go to the bar <laughs> i go to the i go to jazz bar right after so i was feeling good but i couldn't reside couldn't reside there couldn't reside in that space of evenness so it was oh, yeah. jazz music and it was drinking i was like fucking yeah, yeah I'm, li I'm like i'm living right and it was that opposite counterbalance so in this experience i was cognizant of myself enough to know being like okay that one's different from that one and you keep bouncing yeah. you keep bouncing from that end of the stadium to 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 the other so 
it was a way of uh, realizing the dynamic energy within my brain and what I was trying to do with it. Right. So like my, my head or mind was saying, maybe you don't deserve to reside in this area. This area is too boring. It's too peaceful. I don't know what to do with that. And so it was a real um, deep realization and it's a dynamic that from that, that point on, I, I uh, interact with um, highs highs and lows. Yeah. That deserve piece is interesting, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. We can't, uh, and that's where so much of my journey, even even uh, within the last year, um, always coming back to that value judgment of what I deserve or not, right? And that and is, feeling and, and feeling that and, and and that there's there's a nub there of and and I think we're you know within 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 suffering and in expression, one of the things that uh, one of the things that I I've also realized. Um, in a journey on mental health is that how absolutely predominant women are in my life because Mm -hmm. I I work in a profession where I represent maybe 75% women in the K to 12 profession. My mom's super important to me. I've always been comfortable, comfortable in learning and, and prefer being around uh, women. So there's a, within the general gender dichotomy there, yeah, there, yeah, there's, yeah. there there's other there's other um ability to grow and and realize and 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 to um interact and understand in a in a different way and yeah. that's been very helpful for me to um you know what in a gender dichotomy in the generation i grew up with what feminine what feminine can be expressed what comfort around femininity Mm -hmm. can be expressed from a male that the general dynamic people described it as thing happens squish down next task squish down next task angry squish down next task and um you know i relate to that in 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 very incredible like that's that was my journey too like I think the things that I'm realizing are my strengths I hid for years because it was considered feminine and I wasn't a, a woman. Right? Rock and roll. Even, like, Rock. I, lived in yep. Ast- I lived in Astoria for seven years, and uh, which is a wonderful town. But it's interesting that like I feel like within the you know the spectrum of the United States, and we lived in Europe for four years, and I didn't see this there at all anywhere in any country I went to. It was interesting. It was like. There's always difference between the cities and, and rural towns, sure. um, but it's like when I moved out to the coast from Portland, I'd lived in Portland my whole life, who like most of my coastal friends called it the People's Republic of Portland, right? We were all communists. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I was literally like some of my friends at the coast just called me their token communist friend. <laughs> I was like, okay. I just try to like think of all people instead of i've uh we we've filled we've filled similar roles at times yeah yeah right whether 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 asked for or not (laughs) but we don't you know you get like a couple families together and the men always gravitate to the couches and the women gravitate to the kitchen and i always ended up in the kitchen because their conversation a lot more more relatable (laughs) i don't know i didn't i got tired of faking that i Changed the brakes on my car, but <laughs> even though I didn't need it, I just, oh, it this just... Is, yeah, this is just uncanny. Everybody, Craig right. and I connecting. Craig's right down the road. It's uh, it's 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 so oh, yeah. it's it's so it's so great to connect in this uh, manner. Everybody, uh, Craig and I going to bang out some uh, philosophy questions. We're going to rock and roll right in. Uh, Craig, um, uh, you 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 uh, you uh, went to went to therapy. Started writing on an assignment that writing yeah. has transformed into art what is art what is art oh such a good question um art is well i love i was thinking through because you sent a couple of these questions over and and i love that when i got i answered the question i was thinking through like what my answer was for what is art and then i loved that when i got down to like you know that idea of you know um something rather than nothing uh, i feel like art this is going to be abstract. Art is the something and without it, we are nothing. Like, I mean, if you look at art, uh, 
mumbling here. No, 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 no. I haven't had so anybody like, connected that quickly. Uh, it well, that's to me like I mean, I, you know, and then I was I got to the bottom of the questions and I was like, oh, that's why the puck. That's and I was making the <laughs> of like, oh, this makes. This, I mean, I knew it made sense, but it makes deeper sense now. But to me, art is um, art is man's finest achievement in making the abstract concrete right yeah and like like the poems in among the wildflowers i think my my favorite comment about my poetry is when it, I, I get people who like i don't like poetry because i don't understand it it makes me feel dumb i like your poetry because i get it yeah and i can wrap my head around it and it takes me to where i wanted to go anyway and I was like, that's the greatest compliment. I feel that's like, like that, that's, that's a beauty. That's a beauty. Right? Because like, yeah. because it, I mean, art to a certain degree should be, it, it makes the unaccessible accessible. Right. I mean, why do we watch movies? Why do we go to plays? Why do we listen to music? We do it to be moved. We, you know, when we feel a certain, when I feel a certain way, I put on certain albums, right? Because I want to oh. be transported to the way I want to feel. Or yeah. so art is a, uh, Man, it's the vehicle in that regard, right? Um, I, I I really appreciate your comments. I was in. A, mm. it, it provides a, an opportunity. I saw uh, the uh, singer and artist I adore, Sharon Nova. Yeah, um, and uh, just an incredible singer. She's uh, performed uh, with the Decembrists on the Hazards of oh. Love album. She's the she's that that spirit voice there and i yeah. was in uh i was in a over in uh beaverton oregon and the organs mm -hmm. part of the oregon symphony was playing with her um the blue hour which was composed um uh by i believe it was four or five uh female yeah. composers sharon nova i knew sh i knew Sharon was going to be uh ascending to this part of um the piece <clears throat> and the biggest challenge within the piece. I only knew that. I wouldn't be able to necessarily recognize it musically yeah, in the yeah. build up, but it was there. And she was singing this part, and she does this to me a lot. You know, the chills were there. Two people, two sections over, yelped, yelped when she hit that note, almost in the same way. They not even gasp, was like, <gasps> Yeah. And I was, you know, like that, you know, on the art moments, like in writing, like, their song, to... like it was like that person has yeah. no ability. Like they had, there's no socialization of the response. Like there's oh. no, it's like right out and that happened. And, um, it's powerful. I interviewed Shara and I should remember the answer to questions. The only time I ever asked, I said, I've seen you two, three times, Shara. And I get those goosebumps. How the hell you do that? <laughs> I should remember exactly. <laughs> like I, you know, like we always want to ask somebody. It's an impossible question. Not for yeah, like, right? I don't know. I don't know why physiologically your body did this when I did that. Yeah. No, that's a good. I mean, it's it's a that's but but important things to to grapple with though, right? Like why? Evident. I, mean, I don't know. Dude, was my body needing something in that, or was it? Um, Oh, did I did I experience years. did I experience heaven or yeah, God, exactly, or, God right? or God like, or a muse? Profoundness. Um, but I feel like that's where where like story theory, right? Or music theory, like there's probably are these concrete explanations within that, but not everybody understands those, right? Like I'm since I started writing, I've taught writing and reading and analyzing literature, but since I started writing the Doom that came to Astoria and I'm just finishing the third book now. It's been, I've read, you know, as many books as I can on the craft of story. And it, it is amazing sure. to, to learn, you know, I was analyzing big components of it, but then to see the little fine brush strokes that writers can like, oh, if I, if I paint this over this way and create this emotion, then when I do this over here, it's going to create and bring hopefully the reader here. And it's been fun toying with that in my own writing. Um, and I like there's about five friends that will read all my books before I put them out. And sure. And I'm always looking for uh, my favorite is when I get a text from one of them. Like sometimes or like when the second book was coming out, I I sent it to like these five friends. And within about the same 
time of the month where they were all kind of reading along, I got, I would just get a text message that said, I hate you. And then I knew that I'd accomplished my goal <laughs> of getting them to feel a certain way at a certain time. Yeah. That intention, which again, is just, I mean, that's been, that's a super, I think as a writer, that's a super rewarding part. Like did what I intended come out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of, you know, part of one of the things in, in conversation and just the idea of like, maybe like podcasting or access and having the conversation, allow other people, um, uh, to connect because, um, our art, art, art for me is like the one thing I can't fathom existence without, like, I mean, we can always say like ear and water and all. So I'm saying poetically, I'm saying why bother? Like that is the power of art and particularly for sensitive folks in creation and in that piece. Um, Quick, quick question on the, the craft of writing. I haven't read too much about, but I was very, I remember being very moved and finding very helpful, uh, advice from uh, two quite different writers on um, John Gardner, who did a, I think a famous oh, yeah. art of art of fiction. And um, yeah. I adore Stephen King's on writing. And that's one of my uh, favorites. I adore that book. And one of the biggest pieces there that I connect maybe even more strongly with, you know, I adore Stephen King, but I'm from yeah. new England. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you know, guys have an extra connection. Then. <laughs> yeah. An extra one, but also I will never have with him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I get, you know, I can picture I'm from Rhode Island. He's up, up there in Maine, but I, um, his, uh, journey with addiction, I'm sober from alcohol for 13, mm. 13 years. And, um, you know, at the time, I think uh, I was I was still drinking, but reading reading um, two things uh, when he wrote Cujo, he was yeah. on uh, he was on a he was on drinking uh, a case of sixteen ounce Budweisers a night, right? And cocaine, and somebody had asked him about the experience of Cujo. He's like, I don't fucking remember Cujo. I was going to ask. That's the one he didn't remember writing, right? Because he, he was, was like, I don't know so about a dog. Yeah, Some sort of rabid dog sounds scary to me. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, but um, no, I, I, I think uh, I, I just, I just noticed that um, when you mentioned about like you know the structure of the craft too, which is like ah shit, but a way to um, you know, get into uh, an engaging way to look at writing and to look at the craft and what you're trying to execute because you and I know, um, you know, one in a thousand you're gonna write it and it's gonna be. I don't know, maybe near done or some sort of miracle oh, yeah. of writing that way, but everything else, you know, is, is the chiseling. Um, Craig, what's the, and we started to bump into this. Um, what's the role of art? So, um, mm. you know, I, I heard you answer, but like, you know, yeah. what, what's, like- what's art supposed to do? Um, I love, I mean, kind of tack it to, to kind of a little bit of what I, and what you, what you said, as you were talking about your, you know, art to you and, um, art is, is there for us to understand things that I think otherwise we wouldn't understand. Um, art is there to not just, I don't know, I think it can be there to guide us, but also to explain things to us. Right. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know this goes around social media a lot and it's one of those, uh, there's an Ethan Hawke like little clip where he's talking very passionately. Right. And I saw, to I me, saw that I, one. yeah, it's, to me, I, I, it's one of those things that like, you, you know, you're on whatever it is and you see, I, I, I watch that whole thing every single time, you know, he's like, you know, so he talks about how so many people don't really appreciate poetry or art. Why is poetry? Right. Uh, but then when you're, you know, when you're, when a, when a parent dies or when, 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 you know, when anybody dies, you're like, you have, you are filled with something that you don't understand. Yeah. But then art is there to kind of almost walk you through it. Yeah. Uh, because people have, you know, I don't think, I think everybody can be an artist and I think everybody is an artist in their own way, as long as they've been allowed to kind of pursue and, and, and interact with it. But uh, you know, the people that can really frame things in a, in a meaningful way, right? Like, 
I mean, you can all, you almost get to the where, where somebody is objectively like really succeeding at art, right? The books that you read and weep, you know, the movies you yeah. watch over and over and over the, you know, the, the Sharon Nova song that you're like, I need to go yep. listen to that right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get they, the, I'm going to get the infusion from the sky. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're a map, right? Art is, I mean, that part of my intention with, the Northwest trilogy, the doom that came to Astoria, its sequel, the dreams in the Pearl house. And then the, the third one that's coming out, it started out as a map, a question for me, I was trying to find my way on a map that to me didn't exist. Right. It, it, me as a male who struggles severely with mental health, and there's not really a lot of roadmaps out there for me. So writing this story was me creating a roadmap to figure out if I can be the hero of my own journey. I've since found the answer to that question. And now every time I do a little signing, every time I talk to people about the book, it becomes more and more of an imperative understanding for me that I hope that this trilogy can be a roadmap for others who have similar questions. Right. And they're like, I don't know. You, if I and you can't depend on, on, on your own brain in understanding the interaction totally. and the interaction of the art with other folks. But, but I think artists can trick themselves into it because you have a mission and you have an idea of, of what it is. And then the way it is, you know, as, yeah. as, as a poet in Corvallis or a podcaster here and, and people interact and they respond and it's brilliant, but it's, it's, it's 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 knowing and seeing what you didn't know of how the oh, absolutely. right like they're like hey why they could come up to you and say hey why were you obsessed with the uh, shadows and everything and you're like i didn't know i wrote about shadows like, absolutely it, right and they're like they see you as obsessed with it and you're like oh shit like oh i i guess there were a lot of shadows in that you know or whatever this it guy this one guy read doom and he was messaging with me asking me in there he was recognizing a couple things that i did with great intention and then he took it like four steps further and like made these other connections which i thought were quite profound and i'm like oh my gosh i did that i didn't mean to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. The well, fact it, that and, and then you could see and then you could see that i just i think i really um love that process it's also fun for us to to talk about because i think uh what's clear here is that um, unabashedly open up, opening up space, uh, for those who suffer for human beings yeah. who suffer and who suffer unnecessarily. The Buddhist analysis for me is that we all suffer. Don't cry over yeah, it. Totally. Don't Part cry over it. You are, uh, you, you're, you're plopped into this body's plopped in there and all this, and you're going to suffer. But the Buddhist analysis is, is very much of something I think you and I connected to. Okay. You're now you're suffering because you're a suffering being, and now you're suffering because other people are suffering because you're a suffering being. And then the psychology is that, well, you, you only need to deal with the first level. You're a suffering yeah. being, you're a suffering being that puts you in place with everybody and you can't change that fact. Well, let's just not compound the shit that that creates. Exactly. Oh, 100%. Like, let's deal with the stuff that we can, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then move through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, uh, and I think, and being able to, uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me in writing all of it was realizing that I, I had a lot more um, autonomy in the situation than I thought. Ah. Uh, and I think, that's where the anxiety comes from in a lot of cases is just feeling powerless, right? Yeah. And feeling like I have no way to impact or change this, right? And then the suffering just heaps. There's there's incredible <laughs> ways. I I, th I think of, um, you know, since we're talking about writing, I think of uh, a, a seminal work. And I uh, some, uh, uh, folks know about it in psychology and literature, but it's William Styron's uh, Darkness Visible which is Ooh. his uh, thin, um, smaller uh, book description of uh, his depression. And Ooh. yeah, Darkness Visible, it, uh, it reads as, a, as an essay. And um, I think uh, Styron is a, a brilliant writer. And yeah. uh, his, his, his daughter has written some memoirs about, um, you know, his experience. But uh, I think of like a, a text like that. And for folks who haven't heard about uh, Darkness Visible, William Styron is, is a short memoir piece that um, is um, honestly brings you right in. 
it, it brings you right into uh, his experience and and going through it. And it's extremely powerful, remarkably vulnerable, particularly if, if like myself, I look at, you know, we do this yeah. with writers. I mean, I, I view Styron as a as a as a writing giant and, and then the see, you know, um, uh, an opening and a showing of, um, you know, what he struggle. went through, what he went, what he went through. So, um, yeah. totally. Well, that's like even doom opens up the first chapter of doom is just a massive panic attack and it's interesting like the three poetry books and the novels they couldn't be more different right <laughs> um and it was it's interesting how um and i and i appreciate feedback in both both directions i've had some really kind people reach out and be like hey i just wanted to say i'm not going to finish your book but i really appreciate that it's out there, but it was too close to home for me. Sure. Right. And I totally, I mean, I, I put a trigger warning in the second book. I was like, Oh yeah, by the way, if you're like currently struggling, probably not the read for you. <laughs> yeah. Right? It needs to maybe to be some, uh, a distance or the caveat that you put at the beginning of. Absolutely. You know, yeah. But then other not... people, um, again, I think one of the most rewarding pieces, again, the book, if I knew the book was going to get, I didn't like when I was writing it, I mean, it's fairly autobiographical in the, in the themes in like certain parts of the story. I probably wouldn't have made it so personal had I known that like I was actually going to put it out and yeah. people would read it. Yeah. Um, and then it, then it's, then it's out and then it's the reality that surrounds it. And then you, you yeah, some surprise around that too. And, uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's the, not, it's not easy to do. It's, it's not easy to do. As a matter of fact, I would say that, in writing, in truly writing, if, if for me, if it's to be revealing of myself, I am, I am mm -hmm. for myself. I don't, I don't reside there. As a matter of fact, I would tell you yeah. that as, as a writer, relinquishing control of the narrative and how I'm framed is actually my biggest task letting go with how oh. I'm expecting to see perceived and want to be perceived that's not that i don't have the ability to be honest and particularly in conversation people are like i can't believe what he just told me or whatever because i'm i don't know i'm an organizer i'm a human person i'm an artist i just yeah. connect with people that way but in the in the in the writing i think that's the piece when you were talking about oh wait a yeah. second there's, there's a lot of me in there does it seem more set in stone in that regard um I've let it's more set in stone and I've let control. I, I can't control changing it after it's out. Okay. What about, okay. Now I'm just intrigued. What about the podcast? <laughs> Cause you were, I mean, we're, 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 we're talking some pretty vulnerable things here. What's the, what's, where's the, no, where's the no, difference? no, I don't know. No worries. And no worries, no worries in the slightest. And, and, and it's interesting, interesting too, because maybe it's verbal and it's a permanent record. So if you take a look right now, Craig, on this question, I think about this. If you yeah. start this, if you start this podcast, uh, you'll be, you'll be almost towards episode 200. You st we started, we're recording here on a Sunday. Next Sunday, you're going to hear that last sign off. There's almost seven days of material to listen through straight, straight through. So as far as a, a record of, of voice in person, I can be completely duplicated. I can, can be completely AI created with inflections and accent uh, and everything. But for some reason, that doesn't intimidate me. I don't know. That's like, interesting. Well, maybe because like you said, like it's, I mean, because it is really, a, we're just having a conversation, right? I can show my learning in a future episode. I admit, um, so when I start, oh, okay. like when I start working and making mistakes, uh, uh, white colonial mistakes of learning about native and indigenous culture, yeah, yeah. Say, like that was a stupid ass question. I'm not beating myself up, but I realize there I'm going to be I'm going to be like, whoa, like slow your roll about how you understand everything. So uh, as as maybe as maybe it getting at maybe I can answer your question. Maybe as uh, if, if there's if there's availability of describing uh, growth or maybe that's the change I'm able to express that I'm not even close to the person that I was when I began oh. the show or whatever's connected to it, I'm, I'm completely well, it's different. Like, it's not, 
it's almost like it's the, even though the episode is wrapped and out there, but the whole thing isn't done, right? That, that's what it is. <laughs> Thanks for helping me, Craig. <laughs> Uh, our, our, that's what that's what we do, right? We uh, we make the we we make the abstract concrete. <laughs> Jeez, hey, I'm gonna i gonna switch this podcast around and just like, hey, I changed the podcast. My guests just ask me questions and I try to. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry, I'm just intrigued. I'm also a teacher, so I'm like perpetually. Uh, uh, half, I mean, half the time in class, I'm like, oh, that's a good question. Let's throw everything out and let's just all focus on this. I just want to know. I, I, I want to know. That's just interesting because, um, especially in like high level analysis, right? You, you, you know, like co- collegiate analysis classes or whatever it is, you start talking about things in terms of just artifacts. So, like, I train my older students. Like, you look at a book as an artifact. You know, a newspaper article is an artifact. A podcast is an artifact. And when you use that generic term, it kind of tries to put them all on a similar plane. They all have their unique differences. Sure. Um, sure. But like, and I guess I've thought about that with Doom, uh, the Doom that came to Astoria. Like, if I were to write that book now, it would be different because I've grown and I've learned. Um, it's very dark, and my hope is that. But the third one that I'm writing now is a lot more hopeful. There's still huge darkness elements in it, but it's interesting. My hope is that my own growth and change is just reflected in that, right? And you see, yeah. Um, and even I'm going to write a story afterwards that is kind of tackling some of the same ideas, but with my new way of thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah. That mind is, uh, the mind, the, the mind is, uh, capable of radical change, healing, transformation, creating new, uh, pathways. Uh, Craig, um, uh, uh, uh two, two more pieces. Um, I wanted to. Uh, I was. I was hoping you'd read uh, some of um, the 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 poems from among the wildflowers. In uh, folks, uh, listeners, as a as a backdrop, uh, I had mentioned to Craig um, the something rather than nothing podcast. Uh, connected with a, a great podcast, uh, Rooted, uh, by M. Grebner Gaddis, and uh, I'm going to be on Rooted. Uh, she's going to tell me all about my favorite uh, flower, uh, sunflowers, and um and also she's going to be on something rather than nothing but it was such a wonderful experience i've had that conversation with them a couple conversations and then going through among the wildflowers and uh, the section uh, about rooted and and rootedness so it was a just a great uh, synchronicity and, and connection and um mm-hmm. i was wondering if you could share some of that uh, craig yeah uh, how many, how many of them do you want me to read? I want all the rooted if you could. All the, okay, yeah, just the rooted section. Absolutely. And then for those listening among the wildflowers, all the sections are, they kind of follow, um, chronologically a journey of healing. Like the first one being like untamed soils. So they're all around that theme of, and then, and then gradually like you get rooted and then, then the growth happens and, <clears throat> and whatnot. Um, so this is rooted this is the rooted section there's about seven or eight small poems first one is among the wildflowers part two i will root myself among the wildflowers among such seeds of hope so just again just short little kind of images of trying really trying to get me rooted right yeah yeah (laughs) the place where i can heal my heart and home no matter where we plant our feet, you will always be my heart and home. It's to my wife. Um, this is one of my personal favorites. This next one's called The Most Resilient Seed. Hope is the most resilient seed. It can be planted in any soil. Especially when we think it can't. Yeah. <laughs> Hold strong to deep roots. Lean in like a tree into the wind. Hold strong to the deep roots. Endure. Um, Only you can let them. Only you can let them steal your peace. So plant it deep in starlit fields. I like the juxtaposition of that. That's a beautiful, it's really beautiful. Thank you. This is a little bit of a longer one. It's called Stand Till True. 
Most of the blooms I see in fields hold to their roots in painful strain, unaware the powers they wield, unaware they'll come again. Hold to their roots in painful strain, the blooms do fear their beauties fade, unknowing they will come again, unknowing they will be remade. The blooms do fear their beauties fade, yet wildflowers stand till true, knowing they will be remade to spread their wonder, beauteous hue. The wildflowers stand till true below deep skies of calming blue to spread their wonder, beauteous hues, offering hope to hold and trust for you. Um, I just love that idea that I just, I sat there contemplating the flowers know that they're going to come back. Because if I start thinking about the question in my own terms, I think my like going back to even something you, know, you said. Do, uh, do you know you're going to come back? That value judgment that like I know they will, but why don't I think I will? Yeah. Where the heck did that thought come from? That's yeah. not conducive to living. <laughs> right. Um, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. And that, that's, in the back, so I'm going to come a, back again. That's a boulder in front of me. Don't need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. I have deepest need. I have deepest need of roots so as to weather every drought and storm. The most rooted blooms, the most rooted blooms of spring will last and learn to see another sun. And then uh, this, I've, I've gotten a lot of messages of this one being several people's favorite. Your tears will water seeds. Fear not for your tears will water seeds to root and raise much needed life. Amen. That's beautiful. Thanks, man. Yeah, that that that's in in you know it's always like how do you talk about poetry? I'll just go back to to what I said. It, um, you know, words and 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 the ideas and just gosh, the rootedness. The uh, we're in Oregon, mm. Oregon. These trees, oh. these trees that are alive and, and and are connected. The rooted, like hold on stick into the ground um, and, and just stick with that because if the winds are blowing all this way, just stick in right the ground and, and, and that's it. What's going to give you life, right? <laughs> What's allow you to Love thrive it. And chaos and yeah. And then like, I think I didn't even think about this. Maybe I was conscious of it as they were being written or cause again, all of these are born out of, reminders that I need. If I feel like hell, I'm yeah. just like, I'll grab my pen or my phone and I'll just start writing words down that are kind of pinballing around how I feel. And, and then all of a sudden I start understanding how I feel. And then once, and then once you have that understanding, it's like, okay, do I want to feel this? Is this helpful? No, let's move over here then. And, um, but you like, uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'll, hit, I'll set, I'll set, I'll set you up with, uh, with uh, what what we need to move into, and it's a little bit different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, if uh, you have anything else to say, I, I think you answered the something rather than nothing in there. But I'm opening up the something rather than nothing, finalizing comments. Also, I need you to let the listeners know where to to find your stuff. I luckily can walk over to Browser's Bookstore. Talk to oh, Abraham yeah. over there, and and, awesome. and get and get all my stuff. And so, and, and browsers bookstores in uh, Albany, Oregon, the official bookstore, mm -hmm. something rather than nothing. So, I can do this really easily. But uh, uh, right. tell tell us anything else we need to know about something and and nothing, and where to where to find your stuff. Absolutely. Um, I think again, go like the something rather than nothing without. And I was going to mention this earlier, actually. I think the highest, if you look at like geography and like the study of people and anthropology, um, uh, a higher, higher, um, a higher level, but like higher, more higher developed, the, the, the highest level of like cultural development is art. Um, if, a, if, a, if a society is producing art, that means their culture has developed and advanced to the point where somebody yeah, is like privileged to the point where they can actually take the time to ruminate on things and create. Sure. Right. Um, 
so, um, and again, I go back to that, like without, I mean, almost just simply put without, without that something, we have nothing. Right. Um, and, um, but also, um, what was I going to say earlier about, uh, well, I think one of the things when I kick around this question too, is, um, in this space for it too, because it's, and I think about it in, in, in Buddhist terms of, of, of the nothing, right? So the nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing or emptiness, but it, within the Buddhist tradition, yes, there is an analysis of there being uh, no thing, no inherent existence behind the thing that you're saying. And there's a reclamation, in my opinion, of the nothingness and, and that there's, yeah. there's no, there's no special beingness. There's no special, uh, Plato ideal form in the sky. It there, there's, there's, it's a, a phenomenon. And, and so yeah. it's, it's, it, it, I always thought within the show, as far as terms is I've always left them ambiguous because no thing, nothing in Western yeah. Western tradition has its meaning, but it can also have meanings in, in other ways. I try to, I think when I was interviewed on the show, I, I dropped into uh, that type of analysis of the, the nothingness yeah, or, or the no thingness in, in Buddhism. And in, in that regard, like with Buddhism, right? Like it's like the goal is to have nothing because once you achieve that and aren't trying to fill yourself with that, then you have not just something, but like everything. You have everything. You got everything. Everything you need, everything you want, right? It's right, right in um, front of you. Absolutely. Which, and there's an interesting, so it's almost like something through nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. 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 I think that's there. Right. Yeah. But I, I was thinking too, when, when like the name with like something rather than nothing, um, I feel like I feel personally most alive when I'm creating and writing. I think there's something inherent about being human that we want to create something. We want to do something like you even said it. Uh, you're, when we were talking earlier, like you have your job, you have your life, you have your career, but this podcast is something that, that you can do that you can kind this of, this is create. the big one. This is me. This, this is the big thing, one, right? Yep. This is what, this is your something. Yep. Um, and it's like, I mean, I teach and I love it and I get to kind of interact with hilarious high school students and um, my whole career has been awesome. But there's something different about since I started writing, I feel like something that was missing is there. And Neil Gaiman is famous for saying uh, like one of his favorite things about art and writing is that like there was nothing there. And then you started thinking and wrote it down. And then so when you write something, whether it's a poem or a story, like that did not exist in the world before you created it and put it there. And now it's this artifact. Now it's this thing that other people can go do. Um, so you're creating that something. Um, and, and, and the, the kind of just the echoes of that. I love, I always love that thought. Like I've thought about that with even these little poems uh, that sometimes seem so m- menial or, or trite or or just me grasping at the universe um but now they're little they're reminders for me like even as i was just going back and reading through those i'm like oh my gosh i remember where i was when i wrote that i remember what i was thinking i remember what i was going through yeah and i'm so thankful that i'm here now as a result of a deep process yeah i'm a a big neil gaiman fan as well as as uh uh you know, ex-wife, uh, Amanda Palmer for, oh, their, yeah. for, for around, around art. And I got the, I got the, I got the Sandman. Yeah. I got the Sandman, uh, uh, death tattoo, which we're, oh, death, no <laughs> I'm actually folks, I'm actually showing, uh, uh, Craig. Yes. The, um, yeah. The, uh, so anyways, the, uh, death character from Neil Gaiman's, uh, Sandman. But what I always adored about, the image is the panel and she says peachy keen which is just right. old-fashioned and like oh, yeah. whimsical I have, uh, and uh <laughs> i feel like there's little moments where i realize there i feel like i'm parenting right because my kids got me this <laughs> funko pop of death from we got a funko man. pop of death so um i i believe <laughs> i believe towards the end of this episode uh craig and i have stumbled into our uh next episode could be made of component <laughs> component parts Absolutely. probably the neil game in uh in amanda palmer um 
just 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 loveliness yeah let's 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 do that next but tell folks uh where to get your stuff yeah so there's two novels and two collections of poetry right now um the doom that came to astoria and the dreams in the pearl house are parts one and two of the northwest trilogy which is they follow charlie west who comes from kind of an abusive past and he's got some cracks in his soul and he's just trying to put his life back together. And then, um, there's these supernatural elements. It's very Lovecraftian kind of borrows from Lovecraft. Love that. But then to me, it also is kind of a middle finger to Lovecraft because he wrote all these stories that I love, uh, about really anxious people, but they're all very, um, um, well, there's no, hope. I, I realized that I read them because these people were all in terrible trauma and had no hope of coming out. So it's like my a cl- story. Clo- closed engine of hell. Yeah. And exactly. Which is like when you, and then you find, I spent years feeding that into myself, which is really just feeding that thought that I was never going to come out. So my books are kind of like an ode to Lovecraft while kind of flipping them off to saying like, look, you can, I'm going to write a horror story that actually ends in an okay place. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've, I've, and, my, uh, my dad told me all about Lovecraft growing up because he's from Rhode Island, in Providence. Is oh, yeah. Yeah, so wow. on, um, every every year on um, Halloween, a couple other times, whole covens go to H.P. Lovecraft's oh, uh, yeah. grave, and it's, it's just a wild, wild. Absolutely. I just, I, had to, go. I just had to say that out loud. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But And then there's a third one, The Mountains at the Edge of Madness, which is kind of an ode to his most famous story where it culminates. That's coming out next year. But And then there's two poetry books, To Chase the Sun and Among the Wildflowers. They chart my own. They're just poems that are chronologically published and that reflect my own journey, journey of grappling and, and healing with mental health struggles and, and kind of reclaiming my own life. Uh, which has been super fun. Um, and you can get, they're on Amazon, but, um, but if you, if you, if you look me up on Instagram and just message me, uh, um, you can actually just buy them straight through me and then we don't have to support Jeff Bezos. Um, well, it's a, well, it's, a, it's absolutely, um, absolutely great, great option. And I encourage, uh, everybody. Um, I, uh, another thing, Craig, I, uh, I, I adore Astoria because, um, f- for me, it, it, it tweaks in unique elements of like immigration patterns and culture, which resemble mm. a little bit more the East coast where, where I'm from. You have, um, yeah. the, 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 the deep fishermen, uh, culture of the yeah. Eastern seaboard. And a lot of the folks who are experts out that way, had the well Astoria and the Columbia and the Pacific mm-hmm. and, that, and that whole massive um, bar and channel and everything that's there. Yeah, for it's, folks. it's like the most dangerous water path that bar, right? In like the yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, 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 Craig, and of course you're on um, Instagram, as you mentioned. Yep. Okay. Um, so folks check out, um, uh, Craig Randall, um, really, uh, uh, really enjoy the, uh, the, the, enjoy the books, Craig, but, um, very useful, uh, mm-hmm. for me at uh, the way I interact with art to use them for living. And, yeah. and, 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 and I think that part of the art and transformation is, is, is a huge piece of what we've been talking about. Absolutely. And like, I think I appreciate hearing that. Thank you. Cause I think that's where, um, again, they, there's almost a utility, I think, uh, just the nature of like why I wrote the books. Um, my hope is that, <clears throat> yeah, people can read them too, you know, cause I'm a, you know, poetry nerd. So I'll pick up books of poetry just to read. to like practice analyzing and like break down and just love the language. Um, but I, my, I think my hope is that there's a utility with with my work that uh, even the novels that like people could read and see themselves in, and and empathize with or realize I've I've gotten a few lovely messages from people thinking like, hey, thank you for writing this because I thought I was alone. Yeah. Well, and on uh, that, and, it, it, and and that that piece that piece right there, and, and what I would say is, uh, what I would say on that is you you were talking about uh 
you know, the hero. And I, I love this podcast and band, uh, Death Valley Girls. Um, yeah. Bonnie Bloomgarden does the Death Valley Girls podcast, which I just uh, uh, adore. <laughs> but one of the pieces that she says that means so much to me because it's so direct is her guests are heroes, you know. And and I just mm. wanted to say in what you're talking about and doing what you're doing, I truly mean that. You're a hero in, 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 in doing that and going through that and reconnecting. Oh, from, from just, you know, we've got to think about ourselves and, 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 and the things that get away from to live, to persevere, to go through the shit, the muck and the mire and the dark and to come out to end. Heroes work. <laughs> heroes yeah. work. I mean, I mean, taking that hero full journey or the, the full circle, right? It's like, yeah, I mean, you have to go through it. You have to come out the other side. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I don't think I started living until I came out the other side. Here we go. There's, there's, and that's, that's the hope. Hey, folks, we've been talking to Craig Randall. Check out his uh, poetry writing. Learn about uh, Astoria. Look up uh, John Gardner's uh, Art of Fiction. Look up uh, Stephen King's uh, On Writing. Uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman. Uh, yeah. Heroes Journeys. All this type of stuff. Craig, uh, great, great. Uh, pleasure having you on the show fantastic to meet you and uh, really look forward to everything else uh, you write you write and create oh th thanks for having me likewise it's been a blast um yeah i'm excited i think we should totally do that sandman episode let's announce it now folks in the future craig randall and ken volante <laughs> delve into the Sandman universe in both its uh, TV form, but probably as a basic, the graphic novel uh, form. Uh, Craig Randall, Ken Vellante, Sandman, uh, Neil Gaiman episode coming up. Craig, it's been great to chat with you, and uh, let's chat again soon. Sounds good. It's been great to be here. Thank you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing 